This is the Internet Ballers Podcast, Episode 17. You're listening to the Internet Ballers Podcast with your host, Michael Pasha. The show for internet entrepreneurs who want to accelerate their progress and expand their vision by standing on the shoulders of giants. Welcome to the Ballers Circle. Thanks for listening and welcome to the Baller Circle. I'm Michael Pasha, the host of the Internet Ballers podcast, and today I'm welcoming Dave Chesson into the Baller Circle. Dave is the owner of Kindlepreneur.com, and Dave is an expert in helping people do advanced book marketing, focused on helping individuals increase their sales, increase their reach, and increase their profit. Dave, welcome to the Baller Circle. Thanks for joining us on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Michael, and thank you so much for having me here. It means a lot. No problem at all. I'm I'm really uh, happy to to uh, to get a, get a chance to connect with you and have you on the show. I'm interested um, to know if you had anything you wanted to add to the introduction that I gave you. Yeah, um, one thing I really think that kind of makes my website, and I think is something that everybody should apply when they start building their website, is the uniqueness of it. You know, um, I've read a lot of websites on how to publish a book or you know how to push through writer's block, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm more of a techie guy. I want to be able to spend my time reading an article, be able to turn around and actually implement actionable steps that help me to do what I want to do, which is to sell more books or, you know, in most cases, make more money. So I would say that um, when you go to start your website, you really need to make sure that you know what your identity is and really what you want to accomplish. And uh, I think that's something that's really helped, you know, Kindlepreneur go from zero visitors to 45,000 unique visitors per month in less than a year. That's pretty awesome. Um, so Dave, I'm, I'm interested to know also, uh, a little bit of your backstory. So I know you're, you're active duty military, uh, you're currently stationed in Sri Lanka, uh, yep. and I heard you have a pretty cool story of how, uh, you, you know, transitioned into, you know, uh, creating Kindlepreneur and writing your first book. Book, how did that, how did that happen? Yeah. So it was about three and a half years ago. I was actually stationed in South Korea at the time, and the military said, you know, hey, dude, um, we're going to send you to South Korea, but your family's got to stay back. And I was like, oh, man. And it was two years without my wife and kids. So I was like, um, this is not cool. Uh, but I was a, a military diplomat, and so I was stationed in a South Korean Navy base, so not a U.S. base, you know, surrounded by the nice, you know, U.S. things. Um, I was in the thick of it. And I'm fluent in Chinese. I'm not even fluent in Korean, so that was pretty <laughs> tough. Um, and I had this really deep look into, you know, well, what – Am I on the trajectory for success? I mean, I liked my job. You know, it was, I enjoyed it. I did some really cool things, you know. But was, was, my, was my goal to be an admiral? The answer is no. So what am I doing? And at that point, I also realized, too, that my wife is home with the kids by herself. And here I am with the, Shri- or with the uh, South Korean Navy, you know, where they want to go party up and, you know, drink soju you know, and stuff. I was like, okay, I'm going to get in trouble with my wife if, if all she hears is I'm having fun, you know. So I started looking at the opportunities to um, make money on the side. And that's when I started discovering online marketing. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is great because it's something I can do when I have time, not something that has to be done while I'm at work or what have you. And, in, you know, to, to make a long story short, 
um, I got into self-publishing books. And I'll tell you, I wrote my first book while sitting on a South Korean warship while patrolling the DMZ. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. It was pretty pretty funny. I can just I can still remember myself cramped in that little tiny stateroom, just punching away on my little laptop. You know. <laughs> so what what motivated you to write that book in the first place? And to you know, I think of uh, the universe out there of all the different, I guess, online marketing and online uh, you know businesses you can set up. Why why books? Well, actually, I'll have to step back in, in time a little bit and tell you what, what led me on that path. So when I had decided I wanted to do online marketing, uh, I started actually do, creating niche websites, okay? And in these niche websites, I would, you know, do this Google SEO research and I'd find these keywords that I could rank these websites for. And I'd do all this work and build up this really nice website and I'd get it ranking number one on, on Google and I'd be excited only to find out I was making like $100 a month from, from AdSense. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I just spent like 80 plus hours on this project to earn $100 a month. Now, the good news is you make $100 every month, you know, for the foreseeable future. So that's that's pretty neat. And so if I could just maybe multiply the number of websites I have by like 100, then, you know, this, then this would really start to be awesome. Uh, but somebody said, look, you know, the way you really make money is to have your own product. I was like, well, thanks, genius. I'm, I'm in Korea, okay? Uh, it's not like I can, you know, create something and sell it. And that's when the light bulb, you know, kind of popped. And I was like, oh, well, I just spent all this time creating this website, writing all this content. Why don't I just take that content and package it into a book and then funnel the traffic that I'm gaining from this niche website to the book on Amazon? And I was like, oh, light bulb. And so I published my first book and I started to, you know, streamline the website so it was really just pushing people to go to Amazon to buy the book and next thing you know I instead of making a hundred dollars a month I was making two thousand dollars a month nice. um, thanks to the book sales so then I was like well great I've got all this traffic I've got all these keywords um, and so I started to just kind of step that up and that was kind of my unique entry into Amazon and I started Kindlepreneur what three years after that uh, with the intention of basically using that SEO you know, algo techie knowledge that I've gained over the years to apply it to an industry that's never had that. And that's what Kindlepreneur is. Okay. That's awesome. That's a crazy story. I know that, uh, you know, back in the day, they, they build the, you know, SEO site, rank it number one in Google, um, was, was kind of the thing that everyone was doing. I'm curious to know, uh, now what I see a lot of people doing is, you know, it's like the, the free traffic versus paid traffic and everyone's focused on like, you know, Facebook ads and, um, you know, Twitter ads and that sort of thing. Do you do any paid marketing? You know, so I like to build one skill a year. Uh, so SEO actually took me about two years to really get down. Um, but this year is my year to learn Facebook advertising and, and not just like learn it or do a little bit, but like master it, you know, being that top 1%. I really feel as though when you hit a top 1% of some type of traffic skill, that's when you you build this intuition. You can just turn things into gold. And um, so I'm really working on, on Facebook advertisement right now. But the thing about you know SEO and all these others is there's still a lot of great opportunity out there. And it's been my bread and butter. Okay. Awesome. So, so that's, and that's good to know because I feel like, um, you know, and I don't know if it's just like a marketing tactic, but I feel like a lot of people are, are saying SEO is dead. That's a waste of time. You know, don't, don't go that route anymore now. Just focus on paid traffic. It's much easier and uh, much more... Uh, leverageable and guaranteed. So it's good to know that um, that the SEO strategy is still 
uh, alive and well. Um, well, the problem with with SEO and people today, the reason why everybody loves that Facebook advertisement is Facebook advertisement is instant gratification. Okay, you put money into it, the next day you see the clicks, and then you can look and see the conversions, and you can calculate. Wow, I put five bucks in, I make seven, so that's two dollars profit. Cool, let's ramp it up, um, and th they can do it. SEO is not something you can just throw together, okay? Uh, you can't just hire somebody for $3 an hour to make magic. It just doesn't happen. Um, but even those that do put in the time and effort and they really hit the subject matter hard and they become really good at it, uh, they need to understand that even when you do it right, okay, you're looking at like four to six months before you really see the fruits of your labor. Right. And so there are a lot of people who go in there, they put in the work, and one month later they see nothing and they just get frustrated and they think it all sucks, it doesn't work, this tactic was wrong, what this person said was, was, was wrong. It's, it's incredible. Um, it really, SEO is truly, you know, like the tortoise and the hare, but you're the tortoise, okay? You know, and Facebook's like the hare. But the beautiful thing is, with SEO is, I could stop, like once I get that website ranking number one, I can stop. And guess what? If there's not super amounts of competition, it stays number one without any work. Hmm. Whereas with Facebook ads, I'm going to have to always, you know, change and all, you know, optimize. And oh, I've totally dried up this well. I got to try this one. And so yeah, uh, I like the tortoise approach. Okay, so it's and that I like that explanation. So it's basically, do you want to do you know a whole lot of upfront work that's going to pay dividends going forward, or do you want to do like a little bit of work at a time, but you have to continue to do that work if you ever want to, if you want to keep that traffic coming in. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. That that's a, uh, I like the way you put that. That's good. Um, so I'm curious to know, you know, you're, you've, you mastered the, you know, the SEO piece, uh, you've mastered the, uh, book marketing piece. What is your strategy for learning a new skill and how do you go about, uh, gaining the resources and just, I guess, putting yourself in mastery mode? So my belief is to gain mastery in something, you need to first have knowledge, then you have to have experience, and when you do those both right, you inherently create what I call intuition, okay? The intuition that's developed from that, that is what differentiates the person who can take anything make money with it and the other person who struggles, okay? Uh, intuition is what allows you to be like, you know... I hear what that guy's saying, but that just doesn't sound right. Or, you know, I've got a feeling that this this advertisement right here is going to just blow up. But let's go ahead and create these other A-B tests because I've, I've got this feeling that these other things should be changed as well. Like, that's mastery. So a lot of people will get into the whole, they'll take a course, okay? And they'll get the knowledge, you know, like, okay, I, I, I understand this. I know how to do this. And then they might try it once and be like, oh, that didn't work. Oh, this, this sucks. I, you know, and they'll pivot. <laughs> They'll pivot, and every time you pivot to something new, you're just like in real animation. You are losing momentum, and people spend too much time pivoting to new things when it doesn't work out uh, that they just spin their wheels and they feel frustrated. I say, no, don't pivot. If you choose a good platform and you choose a tactic, you got to build up your knowledge, then, and with it, you've got to build up the experience so that you gain the intuition. Okay. So then that brings up another good point because um, I love uh, Seth Godin's book, The Dip. And ah. I, but the thing about that is, you know, there's two pieces to that book, right? There's the, there's the part where he talks about, you know, 
dips are great because you know you get into the dip and you have to work through it but also everyone else is in that same dip and it'll weed out the weak people so if you're strong enough to keep going you know you'll be able to reap the benefits absolutely but then he has his, his part where he talks about also knowing when to when to when to pivot right knowing when to give up um knowing when to like you know cut your losses and and just go another direction so how do you differentiate between those two yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, one thing I would say, though, is that, you know, a, a platform like Facebook, I mean, with what is it, 1.7 billion people on it, and they even say that 70% of that check it every day. Um, and Americans, on average, check their Facebook status seven times a day. I just leave it up personally. So <laughs> I don't know how that factors in. My yeah. point, though, is, is that no matter what niche thing you have, no matter what product you have, there is always a market and they're on Facebook. So if you, if you can't uh, find your market and make it profitable, like I don't think that you should just quit off of that. I think you need to learn more and I think you need to gain more experience. Where I, I sometimes, where I think pivoting is a good option is when you're, you're experimenting in a new, you know, market that's starting to open up. Okay, uh, every day we see something new, like you know, uh, what Periscope and Meerkat and or you know, uh, Blab and and all these things. And the truth is, the early adopters to a successful platform are usually the ones that make super gold. Okay, I mean, you know, you have little to no competition. You you've you know you've been a pathfinder and you've created this thing and then they're the ones who really rock. Um, but in truth, there are a lot of times where people will invest heavily into something and it's just a dying platform. You know, like what, what happened to Meerkat? <laughs> you know? Right. So I would say that when you have something that, that's proven to have the market, you've just got to figure it out. But when you're experimenting and you're gambling a little bit on this new thing, you got to cut your losses. Hmm. Okay. Sounds good. So when you're when you're in uh, mastery mode, um, how do you what, what resources do you use? Are you a are you a believer in uh, you know buying courses? Are you a believer in just kind of you know scouring the internet, reading blog posts, uh, trying different things out on your own? Like what what how do you what do you th- what do you think? I'm a fan of courses because okay. in truth, you know, time is really valuable, and somebody who's put together a course has done all the research for me and they've laid it out, you know, part by part. I don't think that you can really take, I don't think there are that many courses where you can just take that course and it's enough to become a, a success, right? right. Uh, like you said, that you, you, if the course has all the knowledge, you're still missing the experience. Um, but with that, though, you can continue to grow by supplementing with more specific articles that are out there. So I like to do the combination, but I like to start and create my core foundation on something through courses, um, and then I'll I'll branch out. You know, in Facebook advertisement, uh, I needed extra help on pixels and creating you know, uh, target or target audiences, and you know all that other advanced stuff by. Well, if they went to this page, but not this page, and then yada yada. Like I had to go more advanced. And matter of fact, I even uh, hired a consultant. Um, to kind of assist me in that process. So, you know, sometimes it just helps to have that person who has intuition guiding you as you go forward. Right, right. I definitely have learned the value of that. I think I think early on I started out with, you know, I'm going to do everything for free. And then I realized this is taking forever. Let me buy a course. And then even with the course, a lot of times it's like, well, I need some guidance because I'm doing the things that are in the course, but it's not working. So what am I doing wrong? And I can't figure that out on my own. 
Um, so yeah, hiring a mentor, hiring a consultant is definitely very valuable. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just had a lunch with uh, Jeff Coins um, of oh, nice. Coins Writer. Yeah, he's a great guy. Um, and we were sitting there talking, and you know, I asked him like Jeff. So, so what's like your number one? Thing that it, you would wish you could go back and tell yourself, and he's like, you know, no matter what level you're at, uh, I would always recommend getting a coach. And he's like, you know, one of the worst things I ever did was I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm gaining success, I'm doing great here, I don't need a coach. Um, and he's like, yeah, big mistake. Um, <laughs> because in truth, like as you grow, there's somebody who's always been through that path, and they can make it more effective and efficient for you by pointing out where the path is so that you can walk down it. Right. Right. So I want to talk now, now about your, uh, your your current business. So you're doing advanced book marketing, uh, and I know that you know the the book writing world. Everyone's like trying to figure out like how to write their their book. There's all these different courses to writing books, and then people are focused on okay, once I get this book, how do I market it? How do I make money? What what are the key uh, pieces that you think everyone's missing? What what's what what are people doing wrong now? Well, first off, you actually said one of my, one of the big cardinal rule, rules of no-no um, is you don't create the book and then try to market it. Uh, the day you decide that you want to write a book is the day you need to start marketing it, okay? Marketing it from the beginning does a couple of things for you, okay? One, it helps you to find out where your target market is, okay? So, you know, you'll find out where they're living, all right? You'll start talking with them. You'll start learning their pain points. Um, you'll start understanding, you know, their mentality, you know, of when the point comes that they want to pay for the book. Uh, these things should help you in, uh, these things should help you at, uh, you know, when you go to write it and when you go to create your layout. The, um, so I say to people, like, if you're not talking to your target audience, then you're probably doing them a disservice uh, by not creating the best book you can. But on top of that, too, though, you know, it should give you a better understanding of how people will search for your book. And that becomes really important uh, later on, especially when you go to list it on Amazon. Right. Okay. That sounds good. I think, um, okay, so you go there, you, you decide you want to write a book, you start marketing it immediately. And then once that, that decision is made, uh, what, what are the, what are the strategies that people should be using that they aren't using? I guess the, to, cause I feel like there are so many people that are writing books now. Right. And there are a lot of people who are, you know, you, you see them posting things about how they're, you know, the, on the top of Amazon's bestseller list. And then there's a lot of other people who are really, really struggling, um, to get their book, their, their marketing game kind of on point, which is that, which is, you know, exactly why you're such a great resources, a great resource. Um, what are those people, what are those people missing? Okay. Well, let me give you the reality of KDP, you know, Kindle direct publishing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, some of which, you know, people don't talk about and they really should. So first off is that in 2011, there were only 500,000 Kindle books on Amazon. Okay. Those 500,000 had all that Amazon traffic. And let me tell you, you could just pick a book topic and you'd make a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Early adopters, right? Remember we were talking about that? Yep. Early adopters to Amazon Kindle Publishing were like rocking it. Um, however, though, today there's 4.7 million uh, competitors, as I call them now, uh, on Amazon trying to take the same amount of traffic that exists. Okay, 
in truth, you can't just blindly walk in there and be like, oh, I got this great idea. I think people will love it. Let me just write it and put it up on Amazon. It doesn't work that way. Um, so there's that aspect. Uh, the second reality to Kindle publishing is in truth, just about anybody can become a bestseller. Okay. On Amazon, it really, really can. Um, there are some simple processes out there that you could just take your book, and if you follow these things and you put a little, you know, elbow grease in there and a lot of hustle, your book can hit number one bestseller in a, in a particular category, most likely a very niche category, and um, it can be there for like a couple of hours or something like that. There, are a lot of authors will take that screen capture of that <laughs> bestseller title and be like, "Well, you know, I'm an Amazon best-selling author. What can I say?" Um, you know, and it really isn't that hard. In truth, I would say if you could just get 30 sales of your book, you could probably uh, make, you know, 30 sales within 12 hours. So if you got 30 friends that will buy your book, you can hit like bestseller. Really? So that's, okay. yeah, it's, yeah. Um, because of the Amazon bestseller rank and the algorithm and how it's laid out and yada, we can go hardcore math into this one. But yeah, that's kind of where it, it lumps out. Now, the third aspect of, you know, of the reality is what we what I call the Amazon honeymoon. Okay, Amazon likes to churn new books. Okay, um, they always want to give new books an opportunity to to grow. So when you publish your book for the first time, Amazon gives you preferential treatment. You rank better in the Amazon algorithm, the search results. Um, you know they'll actually advertise. You know they'll plant a cookie on anybody's. You know computer when they go to look at the book and the next thing you know they're on Facebook and like hey look there's the book on Facebook being advertised by Amazon. Um, you know, they'll even email it out. They're going to give you that love. And there are a lot of authors that are like on cloud nine, you know, and it's, it's between one to three months, um, that are on cloud nine thinking I'm rocking this. This is great. Everything's going awesome. You know, I'm like totally going to make this and I'm going to be rich. Uh, and then like the second month comes along and all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, it's like, there's nothing crickets, maybe one sale a month and it's just earth shattering. Um, you know, so those are the three realities that you face. Now, the reason why I can say this, you know, and still be cheerful is because it's the people, the people who experience all that are the ones that, that do that work, throw it up there and hope for the best. Okay. What I like to do is I like to create sustainable external traffic to my books so that, you know, people can always have sales and it keeps it relevant and it keeps it at the top of Amazon search. You know, it gives you that competitive advantage to beat out all the others. And then you have this long term income. And that's how I like to roll. Hmm. OK, so let's say someone's someone's first starting out um, and they're writing their first book. And, you know, they're they're Of course, once they once they get the idea, they're going to start marketing it right away. <laughs> but um how much, like, realistically, what do you think is, uh, and I guess this is kind of a, a loaded question, but what do you think is a, a decent expectation for a first-time author who's writing a book and expecting to make some money off of that book? A decent uh, expectation for somebody who doesn't know much about marketing or anything like that. It's their first foray into it, and they're not reading Kindlepreneur articles. <laughs> I'm kidding, but um, for that person, I would say, you know, maybe making uh, $400. Okay. You know, um, I would say that, but somebody who understands marketing, that they've got that background, they're able to hit that number one bestseller. Um, you know, that person I would expect, you know, maybe $1,200. But if you're able to create long term, you know, traffic to that book and you're able to keep it up there, you know, you're looking at maybe, you know, eight to $1,200 every month. 
Really? Okay. Yes. So this is what the Kindlepreneur uh, audience is, is uh, can expect to get. Bingo. Yep, okay. absolutely. That's awesome. And again, it's that competitive advantage that really helps people to um, you know, sit at the top. And there's one more thing that I think that's really important for all you know, new authors or um, ones who are struggling that they need to understand. Okay? I call this the book idea validation process. I believe that for you to have a successful book, okay, and this is this is excluding the famous people, okay, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk could write a book about his favorite socks, and of course, <laughs> he would probably make more money than I would, right. um, you know, but he's got that gigantic email list and the fans that would totally buy anything he asks, uh, like me, um, but uh, so excluding those people, I'm talking about the people who don't have this big name that aren't super famous, don't have that giant email list, not super popular, you know, with an amazing uh, podcast or something like that. For those guys, what you need to do is you need to make sure that the book you want to write is something that people are actively searching for on Amazon and that there isn't so much competition that you'll never see the light of day. Okay. So if, so let's say, let's say I'm... I'm I'm in the process, like I would like to write a book, right? I yep. look at your site. I'm like, this looks amazing. I want to work with Dave. But um, do you have a process uh, that you would put someone through to make sure that they have the, I guess, pieces together before they would even come to you? Oh, for, for like coaching or anything? Um, well, for like, let's say, because I'm assuming like you're just talking about like validating the idea, right? Making sure people are right. searching for the book. That sort of thing. Do you have any, uh, you know, steps that uh, you would expect an author to have gone through before they come to you? Okay, so no, it's um like Kindlepreneur is completely one hundred percent free, so you can go there and start reading all the articles. Matter of fact, I've got an article that lists all the steps in detail on exactly how I like to validate my ideas before I go into writing a book. Um, but to give you the short and simple on it, the the first thing is is that I if I have an idea, I like to type it into Amazon and see what pops up. The next thing I like to do is I like to look at the books, you know, usually the top seven books that come up on the search results. And I like to click on them and scroll down to their uh, this this wonderful number known as the Amazon bestseller rank, okay, the ABSR. And what that is, is the only indication as to whether or not a book is successful. Um, now, for those of you who don't like know it, you know, have that intuition on what those numbers mean, I created this wonderful free calculator on Kindlepreneur uh, that will take that number and translate it into books per day sold. Okay, so you go into Amazon, you type in this book and you click on this uh, or this potential title. You go in, you click on a book, and you see the Amazon bestseller rank of 67,321. You copy that, you put it into the calculator, and the calculator will come back and say, this person sells six books a day. You're like, oh, sweet. So then you take that, you multiply it by the uh, price, and now you know how much money that person is making. And now you know whether or not that book is successful. Hmm. Okay, perfect. Thanks. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, so you're a family man. You unfortunately are away from your family right now. Do you think once you are, you know, back with your family that the dynamics of your business will change? Well, actually, I just put in my letter of uh, resignation to the U.S. Navy. Okay. And September 1st, I will be uh, my own my own boss. Yay. Awesome. Full-time online. So um, I'll be moving back in with them in uh, Franklin, Tennessee. And... I were already I got a contractor who's building out my office so it's like 
kind of kind of separated and really special and cool looking. And we're going to be doing that. So I'll be at home. I'll be with my kids. Hopefully I'll be repairing all those missed memories and, and uh, doing what I think is successful. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, I'm, I'm curious because I know that, uh, you know, a lot of people who are entrepreneurs are, are wondering, like, you know, how is this going to impact my family and how well I, you know, had the time to kind of juggle both things. What kind of, I guess, schedule do you expect to keep once you get uh, once you get back home? Well, you know, actually, I think a really good question would be like, how did I how did I maintain a schedule that allowed me to build up my website and my business while still being a family man? Um, and you know, the key for me for that, so I didn't tick off the wife and then she'd be like, I hate your business. Um, <laughs> right. was that I actually got up early in the morning. I got up at four in the morning and you know, sometimes three 30 and I'd work on the business until it was time to go to work. But when I came home from work, it was a promise that I would do nothing but we be with the family, uh, until the kids went to bed. And then after that, my wife would give me the yay or nay, whether or not she wanted to watch a movie with me or talk with me, because if it was a nay, then I'd work on the business um, and she would read her book and have her, you know, solitary time. Okay. Um, so that was, that was pivotal. And I, I maintained that like with pure discipline and that's what allowed me to still be the husband, you know, that my wife needed and the father that my, my kids need while growing a business that would allow me to be free of being a part of the military. Okay. Awesome. So how do you, uh, how do you stay up to date now? How do you keep yourself, keep your skills relevant? Well, first off is, is that I'm always working on a new project and I'm always kind of discovering from experience. You know, SEO is one of those where nobody has the right answer. They're all kind of guessing, um, you know, if it were that easy, everybody would do it. So, uh, I, am using that experience as one way. And the second thing too, is there are certain blogs that I'll follow that, you know, like when the new article comes out, I'll, I'll section off time. And the key is, is that I will always do like Sunday evenings. I'll make that my article read catch up time. And so I like, like we were talking about before this, you know, the show, I, I have a million tabs up and as I'm going through, you know, on my computer and as I'm going through, um, I'm like, oh, that's a great article, and I'll just keep the tab open. And on Sunday, I'll just go through and start reading them all and clicking them all off. So <laughs> it's like a routine. Love it. Awesome. Uh, so what do you do for fun? What's, what do you do outside of the business? Yeah, in Sri Lanka. Uh, <laughs> well, I rode an elephant once. It was pretty cool. <laughs> I like to go for walks. I like to listen to audiobooks um, while I'm walking through some of the parks and everything like that. Uh, you know, it's funny. Some people say, well, you can't say you read the book. I'm like, yes, I can. You know, just because I was listening to it. <laughs> um, so there's that. And then I also, I love movies. I'm a huge, huge sci-fi fan. Uh, sci-fi military to be exact. So uh, love Star Wars. Not going to lie. Awesome. So yeah. Do you have any lessons learned from being an entrepreneur that uh, you think will uh, help you in other aspects of your life, maybe being a better better father, be a better husband, uh, anything else like that? I think discipline has been one of the biggest things that's helped me to move forward. And I think that discipline it will, you know, will help me in being a better father and husband, you know. Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, Dave, uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Uh, before you go, I wanted to see if... Uh, you could share with the baller circle how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your business. 
Yeah, absolutely. If you go to kindlepreneur.com on my contact me page, uh, I make it a requirement that I answer my emails, so none of my VAs or anything like that. I think that's kind of a personal touch. So if you have any questions out there or you you know, want validation on something or you need me to point you in the right direction, go ahead and go there, fill it out, and uh, I'll get back to you. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to the Internet Ballers podcast. Don't miss out on next week's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Check out the Internet Ballers blog at internetballers.co for more tips on how to accelerate your progress and expand your vision.